0: Okay, so welcome to the new world. Um, I'm very glad that we have, uh, first of all, Zhang Feng Ji here as presenter and a large list of people online. This is a a new experiment, um, trying to keep our academic collaborations and exchanges going in this crazy period. Um, Before Zhang Feng takes over and I introduce him, um, we need a couple of rules um, to make this work. And that is the request, please mute yourself uh, during the presentation and also turn off video just just not burn the internet. Um, after the, when we have the Q&A, of course, uh, you speak up, turn on the video and then we try to have like an interactive uh, discussion or if there's something pressing during the talk, you really need to raise and go for that. Um, so with that being said, I would like to uh, welcome Zheng Feng Ji. Uh, who is currently a professor in the Center of Quantum Software and Information uh, at UTS. He received his uh, PhD from Xinhua University in 2007, uh, did a postdoc uh, at the STEAM Perimeter Institute um, for Theoretical Physics and Institute for Quantum Computing in uh, Waterloo. And his research is currently focusing on quantum algorithm and complexity theory, quantum post. Uh, Quantum post quantum uh, cryptography uh, and quantum computer science in general. It's a great pleasure. Thank Fang. Um, please take it away with this experiment.
1: Okay. Uh, thank you, Van, for uh, the introduction. It's also uh, my uh, first uh, Zoom talk, um, and hope that uh, uh, everyone can hear me. Um, so. Um, uh, I'll talk about uh, a recent result that uh, colleagues and my uh, uh, and, and and we worked on on um, the complexity of where inequalities, and so the title is called "Spooky Complexity at a Distance." Um, it's a complexity theory result, um, but it, it it uses a lot of quantum uh, information and um, physics ideas, um, and so. Um, alternatively, the title um, could be like the paper has um, MIP star equals RE, and um, and it's like two complexity classes. A MIP star is a complexity class, RE another class. And result appeared early uh, this year um, on archive, and it's a, a joint work with Anand, uh, Laterajan, uh, Thomas Wittig, Jung Wright, and Henry Yuan. So um, the first part, I'll quickly um, guide you through um, the history of the problem. So, so when the result came out, um, I guess um, it caused some of the excitement in, in the community and not um, every people understand why um, the result is um, interesting. And I guess to understand that you have to understand um, the connection that the problem has to um, many areas um, that, um, that the problem connects to, and so this is um, the first part of the talk. Uh, um, so there are three areas that there are, this will be related to. One is computer science. Um, so in computer science, basically the area started in the '30s, and now at that time that people start to think about the idea of what, what is computation how to define computation and there are several models of uh, equivalent models of computation and um, Turing machine is one of them so um, and also um, Turing in his seminal paper he um, proposed this halting problem that's, that's been used in, in our work he, he basically says that um, if given a, a Turing machine or an algorithm whether the machine terminates or not um, is is on the side, but there's no algorithm for, for that problem. Um, and later, um, because now you have like computers and um, efficient computing becomes uh, um, important concept. So the complexity uh, was developed in later years, um, in the seventies. Um, and one important area of that research is uh, proof applications through the so-called computational lens. Mm-hmm. You think of competition as sort of a proof of certain uh, facts and um, different models of, um, in that proof application um, framework um, proposed like MP, MA, IP, this uh, a long list of uh, combinations of capital letters. These are um, uh, so-called complexity classes and they, they are a class of problems that, that be um, um, defined in that uh, model of proof application. Um, so, um, you can see the MIP, um, which is very close to the, the, the class that we use in the title MIP star, is one of them. And we will uh, come to that uh, later. And um, I guess, like uh, in the line of research, uh, the, the PCP series come out of the, the study of MP and, and multi proof systems, is, is one of the most important achievements of complexity theory sometimes it's uh, referred to as the crowning jewel of complexity theory. Um, So um, that's another technique that that we um, relied on in our proof, um, um, essentially. And um, so because this um, proof application concept is so important to to our approach um, to to the problem, um, we will first um, study like introduce um, the, the concept in more detail. Um, basically the situation that you have a prover and a verifier, um, sometimes it's multiple provers, but you have a verifier and the prover's um, um, goal is to convince the verifier of certain facts that like maybe a graph is colorable, some, some problem has a, a yes solution to the, to the problem. You have a, a bunch of equations, there's a solution um, problem like that. Um, and the prover want to um, convince the verifier of, of the facts. And there are two conditions that we need to consider. One is called completeness condition and the other is called the soundless condition. Um, the completeness condition says that if the proof, uh, the statement is true, then the prover should be able to convince the verifier. But um, we also require that uh, the, the soundness requirement, meaning that um, if the proof that the statement is not true, then there should be no proof. Um, no, no matter what the prover do, uh, does, um, there, there should be no um, um, cheating strategy for the prover so the verifier will accept. Um, and so, in, in this first um, model, um, if you can see here, you see the like, follow the red dots, and then that's um, uh, the model where you have like a prover who send, send a message to the verifier classically, and the verifier can uh, decide whether to, to accept them or not. Like, you have a, a paper and you just uh, verify the correctness of the claim. Um, and, and in complexity theory, we, we call this class um, MP. And uh, for non deterministic polynomial time, and, and it's a big open problem like how to characterize this class, whether it's P or, or not. Um, and that we don't know. Um, but later on, people um, studied uh, different variations of this proof application model. So instead of like having a written proof, you can have a, have a prover and um, talking to the verifier. So the verifier and prover can exchange um, questions. And in the end, the verifier would uh, accept what uh, reject. Um, and that's called uh, interactive proof. So uh, letter IP. Um, uh, interesting. we do know the power of this interactive model, and, and it's a well-known complexity result in the 90s that IP equals to P space. Uh, P space is a class of problem that you can solve uh, with polynomial uh, amount of space. So you can see that these two classes, like IP and P space, are very different. Um, but it turns out that they, they characterize the same set of problems that we can solve. Um, and the class of MIP is a more like further uh, generalization where you have uh, two provers. And in that model, um, the two provers are talking to the verifier, but the provers cannot um, talk to, to each other. Like Alice cannot talk to Bob and Bob cannot talk to Alice. Otherwise they would um, behave like a single prover. So that's a two prover model. And um, um, the, the intuition that uh, having an extra prover would help you, like help the, the provers to convince um, uh, more um, statements is that you can think of a situation where you have interrogation of, of criminals in, in separate rooms and you can um, cross-check whether they give the, the consistent answers. And as it turns out that actually, uh, we do have uh, uh, a characterization of MIP uh, in terms of the complexity class, um, another uh, standard uh, class called NXP, uh, which is like an exponential um, blow up version of MP. And these two are the same. And, um, and you know that uh, it's different from MP. So, starting from this MP and uh, adding an interaction, adding a second prover, we do have um, um, increased the power of, of, of what the prover can prove to the verifier. So uh, that's a very interesting uh, uh, step. And um, so, so this um, class of MIP, um, we will come back to, to uh, this class later and we'll con- consider a quantum analogs for this class. Um, but, but for now, um, in, in complexity theory, um, the next step is actually development of um, probabilistically checkable proof. It's, it's based on the, the results of, um, oops. Um, There's out of MIP uh, uh, equals and next, um, somehow downsizing the, the, um, the complexity class would give you um, the PCP theorem. And so the PCP theorem is a model where you have verifier and, and a written proof, and then the verifier would flip some random coins and choose to uh, where to look uh, in the proof. So um, the parameter, I have like a parameter R, and um, uh, it's, it's randomness that uh, the verifier uses um, and uh, Q is the number of bits that, that you would read from the proof. So think of the proof uh, here as n-bit streams. Um, and like in order to index um, all the bits, you would need um, um, log n, like in order to, for the verifier to communicate, uh, to, to decide where to look, you will need log n bits to, to specify the position, right? Um, so, the um, uh, Amazing thing of the PCP theorem is that um, um, it says that MP equals PCP of um, um, uh, big O of log N and, and big O of one. Basically it says that you would only need to um, look constant number of uh, bits and in that n-bit uh, string and you will be able to um, um, verify whether the statement is true or not. Like remember you have like a problem in MP whether uh, um, a graph is colorable, um, you, you don't you don't need to um, look at all the vertices and check all the constraints are being satisfied. We'd only need to um, look at um, um, constant fraction, uh, like constant number of places to to um, to um, um, verify that um, the statement is true. And, and that's quite counterintuitive and a very powerful um, idea. So if, like if you look at the um, history, like from MP, we um, um, generalize to IP and IMIP, and then uh, develop PCP theory, uh, PCP theorem, and, and it gives an alternative calculation of MP. And also the PCP theorem is, is very powerful tool that, that is not only a, a theoretical result, it also has applications in the allocations of our competition, and also a very important uh, tool in hardness of approximation, like problems, whether um, I, I don't want to optimize, um, give, have the optimal value, but uh, like have a constant uh, approximation of the, of the problem. Um, and uh, the quantum analogs of these classes like MPIP, IP um, are uh, important uh, uh, classes that uh, we study in quantum complexity theory, um, I guess like for um, PCP on um, this uh, very uh, long standing open problem called a quantum PCP um, uh, conjecture, whether it, the, the similar situation still holds in, in the um, Hamiltonian complexity theory is, um, uh, is, is a wide open uh, question. So, so um, that's uh, what we would uh, review about uh, interactive proofs. Um, and coming back to the three like different uh, motivation uh, or different background this, this research relates to, the, the other uh, motivation that we have is for physics. Again, in the 30s, like uh, uh, Einstein, uh, Einstein, Podolsky, Rosen, they, they um, had this famous paper of EPR paradox. Um, basically, they would quest, question the completeness of the theory and um, the, the behavior of, of um, entanglement, even like two um, single um, spins. Um, um, would behave uh, very strangely that, uh, that Einstein would call it spooky action at a distance. And this is also where our title um, is coming from. Um, so it's normally you can have uh, spooky actions at distance. Um, if you look at, at the complexity level, it's also very uh, spooky results that we have. Um, so, and then in, in the, in, in the uh, 60s, uh, John Bale um, came up with very, um, Revolutionary idea of Bayer inequality. So basically, it's um, a very simple setup. You can test um, whether, uh, the, like, the world is quantum or, or classical. It, you can do experiment and see uh, whether um, th- there's a number of classicals is less than two. Um, otherwise, it's it's higher. Um, you can you can do experiments and I guess not as many um, experiments have done and and. People tend to believe that um, um, the world is quantum, um, and also to understand the structures of this kind of uh, inequalities, um, Sirison, um pioneered this area. Uh, and basically, like uh, if you think of uh, beyond inequalities, it's like uh, the the optimization. You have like uh, the, the correlation set here is a, a classical correlation set, um, and this uh, bigger region is is quantum. Um, you, you would be able to characterize um, so a bare inequality is like a, a hyperplane or line here um, and that's that's basically the the classical uh, region that you can reach uh, but um, uh, to asked like what what is the, the boundary or how, how how can you optimize over the quantum sets? And, and 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 you also pioneered the, the study of a uh, special class of uh, of uh, in your quarters, uh, which relates uh, to um, the XOR um, like uh, to player XOR games uh, later uh, found interesting in the community. Um, and, and along the way he proposed a very uh, interesting problem, um, which was now called, uh, known as Tzirusson's uh, problem. And it asks whether finite quantum systems can approximate infinite systems. And so very, on, on a very high level. And, and we'll come back to, to that uh, problem later in this talk like how, how, like how we state this more uh, rigorously. Um, so, so that's for uh, physics. And, and the problem also has uh, connections in, in mathematics. Again in the studies, um, uh, John von Neumann studied uh, uh, the algebra structure of, of operators. And, and later on it's called uh, phenomenon algebras. Um, and I guess it's uh, trying to lay the foundation for quantum theory and, and, and quantum uh, field theory. And, and um, so in mathematics, you know, people try to understand these uh, definitions and, and try to uh, classify um, the, the, the object. And here's like from uh, algebra um, and, and there have been uh, different types of, of uh, algebras that have been uh, identified like uh, uh, type one, type two, and type three. Um, and um, so it's, it has been uh, like even in, in, in the 70s, um, uh, uh, Alan Kong, um studied this uh, problem. And I guess um, that's where uh, this another connection uh, for us is, is uh, occurring. Uh, he, he, um, like in his paper, he has, there's a very brief mentioning of a, a, a conjecture or a problem um, called now called uh, uh, a embedding problem and And says that uh, whether uh, every type two one factor on a separable space can be embedded into some um, uh, ultra power of uh, hyperfinite uh, type one two factors so if if we don't if you're not familiar with uh this uh, research area it doesn't really mean much to you but um um I guess it's It's been later on um, understood that it's an important problem in in operator algebra. Um, And in recent years, there have been many um, conferences dedicated to this single problem. Um, And not only because it's a single problem, but also because it's a problem that uh, have a lot of uh, different equivalent uh, characterizations. Um, uh, One one prominent example is uh, Kutberg's uh, uh, QWEP conjecture in the sister algebras. And also um, in in quantum information community, um, it, it's been known that uh, Simon's problem is also equivalent um, to um, common Levin uh, problem. So if they have uh, positive answers, uh, if of the other one has a positive answer. Um, so that's uh, the the connection. So to to summarize uh, the brief history that we've been uh, talking about in physics, in computer science, in mathematics, um, there there are problems that that uh, are uh, related like serious problem and comms embedding conjecture. Um, but like computer science, it doesn't really has anything to do with, um, with um, two different, uh, 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 at least it looks like very remote. Um, but nevertheless, um, result that we have, um, you can think of it as using uh, computer science techniques, also quantum information techniques, um, but in the end to to give answers to uh, questions in physics and mathematics. Um, so, I guess that's uh, the first uh, uh, part of the talk. Uh, um, now, uh, I want to uh, give you a more closer uh, look at the problem. So, the class that uh, the, the, the objects that we are studying is called quantum multi-prover interactive proofs. So, there will be, um, uh, again, like in MIP, I have two provers and a verifier. The difference is now you provers can share entanglement. Still, the message is that the, the exchange is classical and that's the class uh, MIP star. Um, and the difference that you, you can see with or without the star is whether you have entanglement or whether you have uh, only shared randomness. This is like a, um, a very simple observation, but I think it's the importance of this uh, connection is that now we can, um, um, try to understand um, this um, model, like bio-inequities uh, using a lot of techniques that we, we have from the classical um, literature of computer science where this um, um, 2 proof of verification model has been studied. Um, so in, in this talk, we will um, use the language of non-local games um, to specify the game, we have two sets, the question set, X and Y, and also we have uh, uh, distribution mu over the question uh, sets. Um, and then the decider D, so um, given the questions and answers, you would uh, be able to um, decide whether to accept or, or reject. So all this uh, X and Y, A, B, and D, they, they are finite. these are finite sets, these are uh, predicate on the finite sets. So, to, to, so in other words, the, the game itself is, is a finite structure. And that's an important thing to keep in mind. Um, and, and given the game, we can um, study um, strategies of the provers and um, we would, we'll consider actually two, two types of strategies. One is called entangled strategy. Um, in that case, we would um, allow the players to share a state and then we will have a set of measurements. Um, so AXA um, will be the measurement that Alice uses for question X um, And outcome, measurement outcome would be A. So these are pure VMs. Um, um, But like in this setting, uh, the state is in um, and Bob's um, tensor product, the other spaces. And um, now the value of the game is um, intuitively, it's the maximum winning probability of the players. um, you, you start with the states and you measure the operators, then that's a probability of conditioning on um, uh, question being X and Y. Um, you would get uh, the probability you get A and B. Um, and we take uh, expectation because that's a random procedure. So expectation of the expectation of the questions, and then you take the summation over um, the answers that are accepted by the, by the decider. Um, and, and you, you take uh, the, the soup of all strategies, like the, the um, strategies um, specifying the, the state and, and uh, POVM, um, but you, you want to uh, the, the prover to use the optimal strategy. So that's uh, uh, a number. Um, and, and because these are like uh, numbers in, in um, zero and one, you can, you can really see that's um, a number in, in zero and one. Um, and, and basically, the class that uh, we we are, are focusing on, MIP star, is is the problem of approximating that, that value given the game. Um, um, maybe you have like a, an ipsum error you can tolerate. Uh, I want to you give me a value that's epsilon uh, away from the optimal value, and that's that's uh, basically the the class is about, um, in like. When, when, like when, you, when you specify the, the sizes of the messages of the game. So um, that's one uh, type of strategy we will consider. The other type of strategy is called commuting operator strategy. And um, so it looks very similar. The only difference is that you have now a single cable space. And so you don't have a uh, tensor structure. Um, and, um, but in order to um, say that Alice and Bob are uh, yeah, they are space uh, space like separated, then we would require that uh, um, Alice's operator and Bob's operator are commuting for all um, A, B and X, Y. So that's uh, a new requirement that we have. So that's called commuting operator. Um, so the commuting operator value is again, the uh, permanent of the strategies, expectation, summation roughly the same, um, Expression, but you don't have the tensor structure like tensor product anymore. So that's another value um, uh, of, of a game. So, given a game, I can study this uh, commuting operator value. And Silsen's problem is asking whether these two values are always the same um, for all games. And one thing that we should mention is, if you consider a finite Hilbert um, spaces edge here, then the the value would be exactly equal to um, the um, um, the entangled value with the star, because um, for all um, finite um, dimensional Hilbert spaces, the, once we have the commuting structure. You can, you, can, you can show that it's actually a direct sum of, of tensor structure. Um, but we don't know what happens when the space edge is infinite dimensional. And that's why we can see that chosen problem is, is asking whether we can approximate um, um, infinite dimensional systems with finite ones. Okay, so, um, so, Now we have defined uh, the model um, and and, and two different values, and we've been able to talk about the Chirson's problem in terms of whether these two values are the same. Um, The next thing is uh, briefly telling you what we know about the complexity of computing these values. Now, so we will introduce two algorithms. The first algorithm is, is essentially trivial. Um, basically, what it does is, is to approximate, uh, to try to approximate this value. What you can you can do is to um, um, do some um, exhaustive search for um, uh, better and better strategies uh, with better precisions. Um So you fix some dimension of the Hilbert space and and uh, make a like very um, fine some um, network in. in if If you're not in that uh, uh, strategy um, of of the game then you can you can know that uh, the, the value would be uh, very close to to that um, given if there is a good good uh, value within that dimension then then um, the algorithm one would give you a a, a good answer and you, what you can see is that you can you can have a sequence of values approaching um, the quantum value. From below, so like like here, um, the algorithm one. If you run it, it doesn't give you a like efficient algorithm. But if you if you run it um, uh, forever, like it will converge to um, the the entangled value. The other algorithm is actually more uh, interesting, and um, um, basically it's called um, uh, non-commutative sum of squares SDP hierarchies or um, MPA hierarchies. Following so uh, this paper. Um, so, in, in, in 2008, there are two papers um, roughly giving you the, the same algorithm. Um, and that algorithm is uh, give you values that approaches to, to, to this um, um, community operator value from the above. So, you have like two algorithms and, uh, and approaching these values and we know that um, the, the star value, the contangle value is, is smaller than the commuting operator value. Um, so, um, in conclusion, the, the first algorithm would establish that uh, MIP star is actually um, in RE, where RE is um, a compressed class um, as hard as the, the, the uh, halting problem. Basically, if, if the problem has a yes um, answer, then you should have like an, a, a Turing machine that uh, eventually give you the yes answer, but if the answer is no, the term machine doesn't uh, need to terminate. Um, so you can see that algorithm one actually, like if if um, a problem in MIP star, meaning that you want to estimate the, the value of uh, um, this uh, entangled value, and you know that the value is 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 high, then there will be an algorithm that eventually. Will will um, converge to that value. So in that yes instance, you do have an algorithm or a machine to do that. What you don't know is when, when the value is low um, and the algorithm like it seems to run you forever and it doesn't improve and it, it doesn't give you anything. So um, the it, interesting connection now is that if two problem has um, positive answer, like these two values are the same, then we have a, a very interesting uh, conclusion. Um, basically, we have an algorithm to approximate the value of the, uh, the, the integral value or the, or the um, um, committing operator value. Um, basically, you, you would alternating algorithm one with algorithm two, you, you run algorithm one for some time and then um, you switch to algorithm two and, and, and so on and so forth. And, in, and you can easily see that uh, this will give you an algorithm like um, uh, a way to approximate this value um, within uh, any given precision so that would imply that MIP star is in R which is um, a class that, that's um, in section of, um, um, basically it's decidable. Uh, what all what, what the problems that you have an algorithm um, no matter whether the answer is yes or no, you would eventually know um, by some Turing machine. Um, and um, so you, you would see that uh, it is a contradiction to what we prove because what we show is that MIP star equals RE um, um, and, and RE contains undecidable languages, and um, for example the halting problem so that's that's the connection that we would uh, know that uh, citizens problem have negative answer if our proof is correct. so um, so after giving you the the description of the of the problems we we are now um, ready to give you a more uh, recent uh, Update on what we know about the, the class of MIP star. So there have been like the class was defined in 2004 um, in this paper of, of Cleve, Hoyer, Turner, Watchers, um, and like in that paper it was noticed that entanglement uh, could be a problem because um, if you star is uh, a classically um, uh, sound, intact uh, proof system. Um, then once you add in entanglement, there could be a problem for the soundness because remember entanglement would increase the value, and soundness requires that for no instances that should mean the value should be low. But then you increase like allow entanglement, the value can increase, and in some cases it will um, cause problems and that's called soundness problem. And, and actually you can see this happening like uh, in this well-known example of uh, Mabin's magic square game. Um, you have uh, uh, here like uh, uh, non-variable six constraints. Um, classically, you can think of it uh, as a, as a, a constraint system that that you can you can turn it into a so-called constraint variable game, and it's it's a, a sound game, meaning that if this, like for f- the constraints are like for all the rows you have even parity, for all the columns you have uh, uh, odd parity. Um, and and it's easy to see there is no solution to this um, system of, of equations, and um, and classically correspond to that fact that the game has um, no perfect uh, strategy. But um, um, if you have two EPR pairs and do the clever measurements, you would always win this um, uh, constrained variable game. Thank you. Um, yes.
2: Um, is this soundness condition at all related to, um, uh, contextuality?
1: Um, it, well, I guess it's a different setup. Like in, in our case, the sound remember the is requirement that, um, when the prover is trying to prove something that is false, you should be able to detect that, the verifier should be able to detect that. That's so a, that's a soundness condition the like the, the provers are always trying to optimize the winning probability um, and, and the soundness condition is that if the statement is false, you shouldn't be able to um, have a very high value or very high probability of winning. Um, now entanglement, when entanglement comes in, you would have um, a higher value because in, like using entanglement is all, always a resource that like you would, you have like a higher uh, winning probability. Um, and um and that would mean that um the the classically sound interact proof uh, would become not sound and so it not doesn't make make you uh interactive proof it doesn't really satisfy the soundness condition so that's that's the the connection um so it make, makes makes uh, the problem interesting because you don't know whether heavy entanglement would make the class um, powerful or not even though here like, we we pointed out um um, have solved this problem, but um, you can imagine that um, the, the the provers can also utilize entanglement and, and, and do something that is classically impossible. So so it makes the question interesting. We don't we don't have a uh, good good intuition of whether this um, entangled class would be um, harder or, or or easier than the classical uh, counterpart called MIP.
2: The Merman square the moment is square cannot be restated in, in terms of quantum contextuality
1: like yeah. a violation of yeah, quantum yeah, quantum yeah. Quantum? Yeah. But but for us, it's, it's more like a game picture. Like we want to think of as as, as, as a proof system where like the first player, uh, we didn't have time to, to tell you how the how the conversion from the square to the game works. So basically, Alice would have uh, a random role and Bob would have uh, um, a variable from that role. Like Alice has a row or a column, then Alice would be, need to respond on the values in that row or that column, and Bob would respond to the, the value he is given. And we check whether the constraint that Alice has sent is, is satisfied, and whether Alice and Bob, because like Bob's val- variable is from Alice's constraint, we, we require that um, they give the same value. Um, and that's, that's the so called constraint variable game. Okay. And we, we think of this as uh, interactive proof system for this um, fact that this, this um, set of equations don't have a solution, right? Because you can, you can actually show that classically the value of the, of the prover is lower than one. You cannot always win the game. And that's, that's something that we call soundness. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Um, and so you can ask the, the question, it's a very nice uh, view to, to think of entanglement. Maybe it's a bug for for interactive proof systems or maybe it's a feature and, and this big question of whether it is a bug or it's a feature. Um, in some cases, it, it is indeed a bug and, and like in two player case uh, with XOR games. Um, the, the star version, the parity MIP star is actually in P space, um, while the MIP um, without the entanglement with two provers and parity. Parity um, uh, um, par- uh, 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 verification is actually equals to NEXP. So we believe that uh, P space is much smaller than NXP. Um, so when you have entanglement, the power actually decreases. And also um, in like uh, unique games, in classical case, we don't know on uh, the power of a unique game. Um, it can conjecture be hard. Um, but uh, if you consider the the uh, entangled purpose, actually the, the problem becomes easy again. Um, this is like uh, entanglement can cause the problem of, of the soleness problem, and it, sometimes it's like a bug and you cannot um, fix the problem um, if you if you only consider the special class of games. Um, and and then the the second uh, stage of this kind of research is people start to realize uh, we can design. Um, Entanglement-resistant techniques. Basically, the idea is that you design some construction so that um, um, the provers, like the dogs here, um, they cannot utilize the entanglement um, because of this uh, uh, smart gadget that the uh, verifier is using. And um, for example, you, you can have these so-called confusion checks um, um, enforcing the commutativity of, of the measurement. And also uh, you can use um, instead of considering two player you can use three player setting. Um, and because of uh, monogamy of entanglement phenomena we now know that um, um, they cannot uh, behave as EPR pairs. Um, and also there are uh, more interesting like there, there, are, there are tests or linearity tests or multilinearity tests, which, which are used in, in um, study of uh, MIP classically uh, are shown to be immune to this entanglement attack um, um uh, very naturally so you don't need to do any modification it just, it just works um so using this type of techniques we were able to recover um the NP harness of nanoco games and um, um so in 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 2012 um, using this uh version of multilinearity has um, they were able to show that MIP um, um, is inside MIP star. So you can design uh, an X for any uh, an X language, uh, a protocol um, in, in uh, with entanglement. So in some sense, now you can see that bug is fixed because um, it is at least as powerful as the classical model. Um, so the more recent um, stage of this research, the, the final um, stage is is to um, study entanglement in powered particles. So we would um, study particles that are using entanglement in in some um, essential way. Um, and so the first. Uh, uh, um, breakthrough is by for summons and Widdick where they give uh, uh, an intact particle for QMA which, which is quantum analog of MP. And, and basically the idea is that we want to use quantum error detection code, right, quantum error correction codes to, to encode the witness state of the QMA uh, witness into multiple provers. Um, and um, and what, what I did is, is um, in, in that paper is to, um, dequantize the messages. So, it's, it's actually an game. So, messages are classical and it's uh, a protocol for this quantum analog of NP. Basically, we're able to go beyond um, this NP or NX classical um, barriers of the entanglement resistance uh, um, techniques. Um, and later on, we were uh, able to um, improve this and uh, a concept called compression of uh, quantum detector proof systems are, um, are proposed. So basically we would f- start from uh, a particle would, would come up with a small particle, um, but somehow simulate the behavior of the large particle. Um, and and um, uh, what we were able to show is like, um, there's a parameter here called gap. Once the gap is decreasing, the, the complexity of this uh, class would increase. So there's the, a the trade off between the complexity and the precision. Um, But this is already uh, something interesting because we don't see this kind of behavior in the classical um, setup when when it's for MIP because everything is discrete. We have a system of equations and either you verify a constraint or not. You don't have this kind of behavior. Um, And also um, the implication is that if you are able to amplify the gaps, the gaps are um, the, the soundness and completeness gap um, then we were able to somehow argue that uh, MIP star includes undecidable uh, languages. Um, and there will be uh, um, a big thing because we know that um, if you can prove anything undecidable in MIP star, then um, chosen problem has a negative answer and column is false. Um, uh, along a different line, um, I guess, um, using a different technique, uh, William Slofstra is able to show this undecidability for gapless linear systems. Um, so you, would, you have like a system of uh, linear equations and you want to consider a quantum game version of that system. You want to know whether the, the system has like a perfect strategy or not. And that's shown to be undecidable. Um, so like these two um, results are like here and, and, and here, they, they are all gapless. The, the, the gap is it, it's, um, decreasing. What we um, want or what we solve uh, in this uh, work is actually we were able to maintain the gap and um, prove stronger results. So, um, um, before this work, uh, there are two uh, interesting uh, results that was mentioning. One is um, the, the paper by uh, Anna and Toma where they proved uh, um hardness uh, of numerical game with constant gap uh, under, under certain conditions. Um, and basically the, the proposed a uh, very powerful um, uh, subroutine or, or gadget that, that we use called uh, PolyBasis Game. Um, basically it's a very efficient self-test of poly X and Z. Um, you would be able to enforce the players to share an EPR pairs and measure X and Z uh, honestly and reply to you the result. Otherwise they will be caught. So um, that's that's a powerful um, um, thing. And e- efficiency means that we don't even need to um, be able to t- like to address all this, the messages that we talk to the players to do this um, is, is much less than this uh, number anything. Um And using this, um, 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 and then and John was able to first show that um, there's uh, uh, a NIX blue bound for, for MIP star. And, and that's, in other words, you can, you can actually show that provers can prove more like you, if you think about the, 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 the class that we define uh, MIP is about um, two provers trying to convince you something. Um, and we're asking what can the provers convince you? Um, and with entanglement, um, we actually um, can prove more because uh, uh, this double E is a double exponential. So we know that um, NEXP is different from NEXP um, MIP, the classical uh, counterpart equals to um, next. So that's actually a separation. Um, and from, from here, we actually have a, a lot of good results seeing that um, um, actually entanglement is a feature in the middle So, um, in the main results of, of uh, this work is the MAP star equals RE and basically the, you, can, you can interpret as there's no algorithm that can approximate the, the quantum entangle value because that, that problem is as hard as the Houghton problem. Remember that uh, we are trying, we have this quantum set, so this convex set of correlations. We want to optimize like once you are given a bioneer uh, quantity, you are doing an optimization um, along like along this uh, uh, hyperplane, and um, and basically what we want to proved is, is that this problem is is, is as hard as Horton problem, um, and the technique that we we um, use to prove this is um, recursive gap preserving compression. We have already seen compression, um, and um, the results of of um, and and John is is. Um, the first um, gap preserving compression, what we only need to do is actually try to make the argument recursive. So the consequence of our results, um, um, first we, we give a complete characterization of MIP star and, and its um, like, uh, exact characterization. We know what exactly MIP star is, um, so it's, the power is Re and it's um, really unexpectedly powerful. Um, And also we gave a non, uh, give a negative answer to the problem. Um, Basically, um, it's also counterintuitive. like, it's actually the case that um, at least in certain tasks, um, infinite quantum systems cannot be approximated um, by finite ones. And it's a refutation of Kong's embedding conjecture using um, the, the known connections that we know about um, Thurston's problem and, and constant reading conjecture in the literature. Um, so in, in the rest of talk, I'll um, briefly give you an idea how we prove uh, this um, result. So the overall idea is a compression of interactive proofs. Um, so this is what we mean. Uh, we start with uh, like a uh, mip star protocol here, where the messages, are the lines are sick, uh, meaning that a, a lot of uh, very long messages are, are being exchanged in that protocol. We'll come up with some uh, new protocol where the communication um, is much efficient. You don't need to have very long messages, much, much short uh, messages. And also the verifier is smaller. The running time, of the verifier is, is much smaller. While The prover and entanglement remains um, at least the same and even like we would use more entanglement. But remember that the definition of the game is from this part, like how the verifier samples the question and and, um, the answers and and, and make decisions. Or that that part, the the definition of the game part is is getting compressed. So that's a, a, a high level compression lemma that we need. And so there's an algorithm called compress that uh, when you input um, um, certain um, V, which is uh, a verifier, in in our model, we would consider the process as uh, two things, first you would sample the questions. um, So that's just some sampler, and and then uh, you make decisions once you have the answers, so there's a decider. So both S and D are to the machines. Um, And the the algorithm compress um, um, with input V would output um, V sharp, a compressed version such that um, the v-sharp is like uh, the sub is like index of those um, uh, you, you can think of the index as the size the size is much smaller Start with two to the n for the uncompressed uh, welfare. um you would have index size uh, n uh, but it, like uh, it, it tells you the whether the value is, is high or one or it's less than half also, we have some conditions on the entanglement that um, the, the, this compressed variable has, has to use. Right? Like here, it actually uses more. Right? Uh, at least uh, uh, the exponential larger version of the original verifier um, um, would, would require the player to use. So that's uh, compression lemma. And um, the way that we uh, use this compression lemma to prove our result is that we start with a transmission. machine. Um, we want to, um, to understand whether the machine M um, is, is um, halting or, or terminating or not. Uh, and then this is the way that we define uh, uh, the verifier called dhot. so first, we will simulate the machine M for uh, N steps and it's, it's index of this um, Turing machine. Um, it, it's an input of this machine. Um, and if M halts, then we accept because we know that it's um, hot and that's uh, all we need to, to check. But if it doesn't hot, we run a compressed algorithm like we start to compress the D hot itself um, and come up with a pair of uh, uh, sampler and decider for the verifier. and we would uh, accept, uh, if and only if the compressed verifier would accept. So, um, intuitively, you, like, like in here, the compressed wafer is corresponding to the, the hot machine, uh, hot wafer uh, of, of two to the N steps. And so, it, like in, in, in here, you would simulate M for two to the N steps, and if M holds, accept, and otherwise it would compress again, um, and then you would check two to the two to the N steps. Um, but that's only the intuition. So, um, the, the, the argument that um, to make this rigorous is, that, is something called Cleans Recursion Selling. Um, um, basically what the, the server says is that um, the way that you write here is like a star with a description of Turing machine, but in that uh, uh, process, writing down the description, you, you actually use the description um, as a, like, uh, in, in, in when, when specifying the Turing the, the machine itself, like, it's like writing some, uh, like, in, in high level languages, we do this very often, like, um, you write some program and call this uh, uh, subroutine itself, um, but uh, uh, this theorem tells you, and this is valid thing to do even with Turing machines. Um, and and uh, once we have um, this construction and and the guarantees from the um, uh, compressed lemma, uh, you, you can you can you can show that uh, if m holds, then um, the, the the value of the um, Hotting to a machine is is one, and it doesn't hot. Then the value is at most half, uh, and that's something that that's, uh, that's not hard to show once you have the compression lemma and the construction here. So um, as you can see, that uh, the most difficult part then is to to show the compression lemma um, actually works, um, and that's the most technical part of the paper, um, and uh, there will be four steps. Uh, for the proof of the of the lemma, and the first step is very interesting called introspection. Um, so in the first step, the the questions become smaller. We don't we don't ask uh, uh, big questions, um, and then uh, any, another important step is called uh, the PCP step. So um, now we have this uh, model where th- the questions are small, answers are still big. Um, and we use uh, the PCP uh, uh, technique to reduce um, the size of the answers. Um, if you still remember like what a PCP is, uh, this is a natural thing for you to, to use because um, the PCP is a very efficient way of checking um, the proof here, like the verifier um, here, the small verifier is trying to, to check whether the big verifier is, is accepting and we don't, we don't need to look at everything here. We, there's a clever way to um, to check uh, a very small number of bits and be able to convince yourself. So that's um, two major um, steps. And um, so basically this combination is like a, in a situation where the verifier is saying that I'm lazy. Um, how about uh, the provers to come up with um, the questions yourselves, answer them and prove to me that I would have accepted the questions and answers. Um, so and and I guess that's a uh, uh, very interesting uh, um, idea. And um, in, in more detail, what you would actually require the um, the introspection to achieve is, is to um, start with uh, two functions, L A and L B, and um, um, and that's the. Um, to function so that um, the LA applied on, on Z and LB applied on Z is a question distribution and that we want um, and, and when Z is uniformly random. So Z is like a random seed and this random seed will come from Z measurement of, of half of DPRs. Um, we want to have the situation where when we say, send this special command intro A to Alice and intro B to Bob, they would do um, um, honestly um, what introspection is meant to um, them to do? Um, basically, the player uh, would uh, reply with Y and A, where Y would be um, this uh, um, LV uh, applied on Z, and the answer A is the answer of the original game uh, when you have the question Y. So, so the the player should come up with the question and answer themselves. And of course, the difficult part is how can you um, how would you be able to ensure that um, the provers follow the command? Um, and that's where we use um, um, the, the rigidity or the, the efficient self-test of polybasis. So basically we, we already have that uh, uh, from the polybasis test, um, you can command the, the, the players to measure honest Z measurement. And so that's easy. Um, you, you just introduce uh, an intermediate step called sample. And in sample, you would uh, measure everything but only the, the the y that is being processed but also the the four uh, uh random seeds and then you you check whether this y here and and and, and z here are related by a linear function l a um and um that 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 works um but that's not only half of the story and an important part is that how are you able to ensure that um, um, prevent Alice from learning extra information of Z? Remember in, in the model of um, two prover interactive systems, Alice doesn't know Bob's uh, um, question and Bob vice versa. Bob doesn't know Alice's question and that's an uh, essential thing to have. But now look at the situation here like you, looks like uh, this Z is coming from the EPR measurement and since like, uh, uh, both says and Bob can have access to that information, and that's something that we want to um, prevent. Um, and basically, what helps us is essentially quantum. And uh, we would, would use the uh, Heisenberg uncertainty principle um, to achieve this. So, we would somehow, sometimes, would, um, ask the players to measure X, to er- erase the information in a Z basis, so that um, uh, the players has to follow the strategy uh, honestly without learning extra information while playing the game. So that's uh, a crucial uh, idea, and and that's how you achieve this um, by introducing uh, a type called hide and and check whether the um, the, the garbage or, or hiding part is correctly measured uh, in poly z poly x measurement. Um, so that's uh, a way that we can we can do uh, introspection uh, only for like only for uh, linear functions. Um, and uh, skip this so the next uh difficulty is we, we have to encounter is linear functions are not enough. Basically, linear functions are giving you the um, the ability to to measure x and z um, and 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 um, and we would also sometimes require the distribution to have. Uh, more interesting structure sometimes like uh, the linear uh, the line point distribution would have uh, a, a, a distribution that is cannot modeled by linear functions um, but uh, uh, if you look at the the conditions or constructions of the line point distribution more carefully, it is actually linear once you have conditioned um, um one of the uh, uh, Information called v, so it's basically you can have a, a chain structure where you um, generalize this uh, linearity with some conditioning. Um, it's like uh, going beyond the Clifford uh, group. You need something that is beyond uh, uh, only x and z. You would you would add conditioning, and in, in our case, um, you would. Um, Come up with a definition called conditioned linear functions, and the good thing um, is that uh, it's almost linear in each step, and it's uh, uh, chained uh, conditioning. Um, and you can argue that it works, um, um, meaning that you can you can introspectively, introspectively sample the distribution in, in that uh, uh, general case. So. Um, Um, The the good thing about the CL functions, it it makes our... um, uh, the modeling of distribution much easier. The the power is that you can almost... um, uh, almost all distribution that we we have can be modeled as CL uh, distributions and and we can um, um, introspectively sample this uh, uh, distribution using similar techniques that we did for the linear functions. And uh, so that's introspection, and um, as we said, you can do answer reduction, and it's much um, uh, like what we said before. You just use a PCP, and basically the verifier, the wafer would only uh, uh, ask the, the prover to send send the, the PCP proof um, um, to to make sure that uh, the, the big decider would uh, uh, accept. Some remarks, Um, um, I guess like to, in in retrospect, um, in the application of the PCP technique um, require us to actually have a very special structured measurement called commuting, uh, even though like in the model where Alice and Bob uh, are separated and and we would ask them to measure commuting um, operators because in our characterization step, we would move Bob's measurement to Alice's measurements. And it's also the reason that um, we were um, uh, not able to um, uh, work uh, to apply this PP technique uh, when we used uh, quantum error testing codes because in that model, uh, local prover don't have much information or they have is random uh, information and information is included in, um, in the parity of the provers. Um, so that's another reason that, that, that uh, uh, it's really hard to apply the PP technique. We um, only know this how, um, uh, after uh, um, Anna and, and John's work. Um, and also the universal sampler, like remember um, what we had in the, in the compression theorem, the sampler is already uh, like a fixed point of, of the compression procedure. And that's um, uh, interesting observation. And it's, in, uh, it's enabled us uh, um, to, to make uh, argument simpler. And it's, uh, uh, reason that uh, CL functions uh, has, has been helping us. Um, so to conclude, uh, we technically we proved the uh, recursive uh, gap preserving compression of normal form to prove one-round protocols. And uh, there's a, uh, um, to, to applying this compression compression lemma and our, uh, clearance recursion theorem, we were able to to prove that halting uh, problem is in uh, a problem in MIP star, and the other part follows from the algorithm one that we, we show you. Um, so that gives us um, the quality of these two classes, and 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 based on known connections, um, we give negative answer to both um, Tarski's problem and the comms embedding conjecture. Um, there are a bunch of uh, uh, open problems. One is how can you simplify the proof? The current proof is uh, 160 pages. Um, and, and it's, it's hard to verify, uh, to be honest. Um, and and um, also, there's a uh, uh, class called uh, commuting operator uh, version of the MIP. And we, we conjecture that it, it is equal to QRE. Um, that's um, something that we are working on. And, and, and there are some other uh, open problems, like uh, implicit constructions <coughs> or um, counterexamples to the constant dynamic conjecture. Um so that's some uh, feedback that we have from, from both Kongs, uh, from Kong and, and uh, Um So uh, it's nice that uh, the results is um, appreciated um, by the, the pioneers of the era. Um, and, and it's uh, like, like uh, what Tillerson said, it's uh, very nice uh, to see that connection between um, computer science and quantum and information um, um, to mathematics and physics. Uh, um, a bit a bit over time
0: thank you senfang thank you very much <laughs> so, how a to do a big applause uh, via zoom i think from my perspective this worked really well uh, l- let's go to uh, uh, questions um maybe um before um I, I uh, do that. I've, it's it's really amazing. We had like at, at peak, almost fifty people from a bunch of different institutions. Like participation has been really good. Let's see if we also get um, uh, a lively Q and A session going. Please, where's the question? You have to unmute yourself, obviously. <clears throat> No questions, I find that surprising because while people look for the unmute button, okay, uh, I see people unmuted. Uh, Sasha, do you have a question? Oh, um, yeah, well, so uh, just
2: a fairly uh, naive question about the implications, uh, that this has, uh, in terms of the the problem. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, uh, does this I mean, could you, well, I mean, it's sort of an open-ended question. Are you able to talk a little bit about like what, what implications this has about the, 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 the mathematics of, of describing quantum systems or is this purely an approximation result uh, like a, a, comp, a Computing result.
1: Um, yeah, that's, that's a, a very nice question, I guess. Um, so in quantum information, we have been uh, used to use the tensor structure to define things like entanglement. Um, and I guess in quantum field theory, people model the theory using uh, commuting operators. Um, and um, so the question is whether it is actually like uh, the, the, the games we have uh, where you can separate these two setups, like right, commuting operator and, and, and tensor structures. Um, whether the separation is physical is, is, a, is a is a big question. Um, meaning that whether you have like some quantum field theory um, where the operators that we, we measure in that in, in the protocol can be realized um, so that um, there's no um, uh, finite dimensional approximations. Um, and, and whether you can set up uh, 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 some sort of Bell inequality like uh, experiments. And I think that's a very interesting question, but um, as far as I know there's, like we don't have any candidate that's any, any that, that can support uh, uh, our, our uh, measurement. Basically, there are like, even though people don't um, require tensor structure in, in the modeling, um, there are extra conditions like split condition properties in in that mo- uh, uh, model uh, would imply like tensor structure um in the end so yeah I'm, I, I, I don't know like but it's um it's an interesting question to explore um and um, um yeah whether whether it actually makes a difference to to think about um it is a physically re- relevant question whether you should like which model is is the most accurate way to describe physics is is i think it's a big question
2: okay. thank you and from nice and glad um so I, I guess you were touching on 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 this idea already in your answer uh but i wanted to ta- ask you about so effectively what you've done is you've shown that there is a class of quantum tasks that um is somehow significantly more complicated than you might expect or at least significantly more complicated than the equivalent classical task um and uh and i guess how the question comes? Uh, how how do you realize that? Uh, how how can you how can you show that? And I um, so I realize that you already touched on this a bit, but do you see? I mean, for example, with the um, question of non contextuality um, for a long time the, we had like the the Koch and specker theorem, for example, which was just a yes-no thing, which was basically um, it, it kind of like the GHZ. Um, uh uh entanglement um uh, condition where is basically uh you can show something that like it's a yes no it's impossible classically but there was it, it, there's quite a lot of development to get from the point of this yes no question to the point where you could say right i here's an experiment i can do where there is a a, a limit like there's a, a, some sort of inequality where i can't get past this inequality um, and so, to going to de- deriving some sort of contextuality, non contextuality inequality where you could actually go past a threshold and uh, even in an experimental situation, define errors and so forth so that you could say, right, I went over the threshold by a certain number of sigma. Do you have any sense of what what direction you would need to go to to try and be able to demonstrate this? This the power that entanglement gives you in this context.
1: Um, I'm not quite sure, like if I understood your question, but like um, we we have everything, like the the, the concrete construction of uh, inequality. Although it's it's really complicated, but it's something that you can write down. Um, um, and the, the, but the question is whether this result is purely mathematical result or it has physical relevance. Um, that's, that's something that I don't know. Um, meaning that um, the, the, we are requiring the operators in the system to satisfying um, uh, a bunch of uh, constraints and, and whether you, you can have Systems that you can realize all these operators, um, it, it it's unclear to us.
2: And is this to do with the like the link between the finite dimensionality and the infinite dimensionality? Dimensionality is that what the weather mm, is? Not necessarily.
1: Like it's, we we can we, like because the, the the good thing about game is it's some finite structure, right? Right. Uh, having a question set, answer set, and a decider that's all finite. You can write it down. That's some um, like maybe within a page I can like, I, or within uh, one megabyte I can, or can encode this game on computer. Um, it's something, something finite. Um, but then the strategies of the game um, can be uh, more complicated, like um, you are checking a bunch of uh, operator constraints. Um, and basically what we are saying that there, there should be no finite dimensional solutions. There's no matrices for the constraints, but there are solutions when the operators are in infinite dimensional Hilbert uh, spaces. Um, and we just don't know how, how you can physically implement these um, operators because they are different dimensional and we don't have. Um, right, so it's
2: the realization of the measurement part of the protocol somehow that, or, or the strategy that, 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 that you introduced that where it's, that that's where the complexity is. Yes,
1: yes. It, somehow it's like an indirect argument because what we show is a compression procedure. We we see we show that um, the boundary of this uh, correlation class a uh, correlation set is where is it um, so the boundary of the column set is is so complicated that you cannot even optimize over the set um, and from that we would deduce that um, the the there are differences for considering finite dimensional operators and even dimensional operators um, because. Um
2: <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I lost you for a moment. I don't know if you're back. Um, Right. So do we understand this as if if there's a classical problem um, and you're so so that it's very easy to write down the game, but for most instances in the game, you do not expect to see a quantum speed up or in a quantum improvement. So actually getting to a particular finding a particular instance where there is a difference between the quantum speed up uh, between the quantum case and the classical case. That's really hard to find.
1: Well, quantum and classical are easy for, that's barely quality, right? You can find it in two, two by two systems. No, no, um, I mean in this particular example. In um, in our case, yeah, we, we, I think like the dimensions and, and uh, um, the, the, like, I don't have like on top of my head, I don't have like estimates of, of like the size of the question sets and answer sets, but they are
0: huge. Okay. Thanks. Okay, Uh, unless there's a very pressing question, I think we have to stop here just in the state of time because it's now more later than quarter past four. So no one is is screaming for pressing questions. Then I I really like to thank uh, Sam Fang again for his excellent talk and for for being uh, the very first person to deliver that uh, Zoom seminar uh, in the School of Physics and CQCT. We'll keep this going. I think this this is working, which is outstanding. Um, so thank you all. There's the little uh, reaction applause button. Go for that. Or just unmute. Yeah, well, unmute. That's even better. Great. So unmute all and off we go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank okay, you. Cool. Thank you. All
1: right. Bye bye. Bye. Bye.